Let's revisit our top story, that being, of course, the uh, B.C. budget for this year. Uh, Finance Minister Katrina Conroy rose in the legislature about three hours ago and delivered uh, B.C.'s $89 billion budget. That's the operating uh, budget. There's a massive deficit and a growing debt that comes with that, $7.9 billion deficit uh, upcoming. Uh, I remember, as I was saying in my earlier days as a reporter, a $2 billion, uh, $2 billion deficit was a big was, was a big story, big news. We're talking just a sliver under $8 billion when it comes to the deficit. Uh, our debt climbs by $20 billion. That goes to $123 billion. And not all of that is paid for by taxpayers, but uh, some of them will be our crown uh, corporations as well, including BC Hydro. Now, servicing the debt will climb as well. Uh, each year, it's now $4.1 billion per year. That's up from about $3.3 uh, billion dollars. Now, with that, of course, there was an announcement today of a home flipping tax. Yes, uh, the finance minister announced that uh, earlier today. Here's Katrina Conroy. Budget 2024 will bring in the new BC home flipping tax. To those who just want to make a quick buck by flipping homes, things are about to get more difficult. If a home is sold within two years of purchase, the profit will be taxed. And the revenue will go right back into building middle-class homes for people. So there's lots there in this budget. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about in fertilization at 4.30. There's also uh, issues around BC Hydro, uh, funding that TransLink was looking for as well. But the numbers matter, the deficit, the debt, uh, servicing that debt. Joining me now to talk a little bit about the broad numbers from this uh, budget is Ken Peacock, Senior Vice President and Chief Economist for the Business Council of British Columbia. Ken, welcome. Thanks, Jeff. Your thoughts. You were in the budget lockup. Uh, you saw those numbers. You know how to crunch those numbers. You tell me what 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 was sort of sticking out for you. Uh, that was the things that you touched upon at the outset. A few of them definitely jumped out at me. Uh, notably, the size of the deficit. You are correct. That is a large deficit, much larger than I, I anticipated, just given the spending pressures and the fact it was a pre-election budget. Fully expected some deficit. But uh, pushing $8 billion uh, was much larger than expected. And then in the subsequent two years, uh, large deficits uh, those, those years as well, uh, not quite as big, but still, it really changes the outlook for, for BC's uh, debt and debt servicing costs. And just before I, I stop there, just, I would note the capital spending is also an element uh, adding substantially to debt, but I'll, but I'll pause there. So in your mind, uh, would you and the business community like to have seen just a, a greater belt tightening or any belt tightening here? Sure, this is, this is an interesting point. Uh, the, the minister in the, her comments quite often indicated that they were not going to cut and, and reduce spending. But, so I, I think there is a, some in-between ground there. You can have a, a large spending increases, but it doesn't mean that, that the alternative is cutting. You can have more restrained increases. And I think, I think that would have been welcome. And also, given the amount of spending and the size of the deficit, it would have also been welcome to see a little bit more directed towards some tax measures, some uh, improved competitiveness, some steps to help attract capital investment and and grow employment, especially considering the lackluster private sector job growth we had. 
you've raised that issue before, the lackluster private sector job growth. Uh, Richard Zussman and I were talking during the 3 o'clock hour. You've got uh, uh, the LNG Canada project uh, that, of course, is part of building that uh, natural gas pipeline from our northeast to our northwest, plus the plant itself in Kitimat. That's a $36 billion project, and two-thirds of the dollars there are actually being spent in Canada. You've got the TMX pipeline. Um, you've got Site C. All those projects are coming to a close. Uh, that's a lot of folks working. That's a lot of tax and PST being paid. Uh, lots of people generating uh, just re- generating you know economic activity in this province. But those projects are wrapping up. What do you see moving forward in regards to sort of our the government's finances when those projects are gone? Yeah, I think what you're seeing exactly. Uh, right, right now in real time with this budget, w- what the implications are, and that is, uh, as you indicated, these are very large projects delivering a substantial amount of income and activity in the province. And and as they wind down, there's this sort of whole uh, de- decrease in economic activity. Precisely, there's not a whole bunch on the horizon to fill that void. And I think as a result, you're seeing those pressures emerge here in this budget. And if I can use the term, we've got a situation where we're in a structural deficit. So we're just not generating enough economic growth and revenue uh, to cover the costs of services here in the province. And the winding down of the projects and the slow growth outlook combined with the, the the pressures the spending pressures are exactly what what we see in today's budget so so i mean somewhere along the way do you think the, that whether it's the ndp or bc united or bc conservatives or bc greens we're walking towards slow walking towards a fiscal reckoning here we the big challenge jazz is that Yes, it's not a fiscal reckoning in the sense that, you know, markets are no longer going to finance bonds from the province or anything like that. But it's a fiscal reckoning in the sense it gets more and more difficult to get to get out of this structural deficit. Um, you, you know, it, it, well, to, to turn uh, turn it around, we are going to have to address the competitiveness, attract more business investment, more capital um, and, and look at reducing some of the onerous tax burden and tax uh, rate rates on on businesses and and individuals for that matter, but it gets more and more difficult to do that because when you reduce taxes, taxes you reduce revenue, and when you're in this elevated spending environment, then you are into real tax or sorry real service cuts rather than just kind of restraint. Um, so it, 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 not yet, but it's it's within sight. It's a few years off. I would say, Jeff. This is a tough one to ask because, you, you, you know, yesterday we did a story on millennials for the first time outnumbering uh, baby boomers. And as that, you know, gr- uh, that cohort grows, they're, they're going to play a bigger role in regards to some of their generation's priorities. Not that priorities aren't, uh, housing isn't a priority for senior citizens or, or those even younger than millennials, but they're going to play a role in all of this. So you have this government that wants to uh, certainly attract them as voters and focus on their needs. Uh, the, the, the premier and the prime minister uh, earlier this week talked about uh, the, the missing middle and, you know, that, that 85 to 180, 185,000 sort of uh, income, person income and family income. Mm-hmm. You have that sort of pull of that generation that is growing. Yet someone like yourself, like myself, who have seen this game before 20, 25 years ago, where you know a government came in and cut pretty deeply initially to deal with some of these challenges. I mean, are we 
sort of there's a generational conflict going on, I believe. You're seeing some of that. And then on top of that, all the issues that you're raising, right, I believe to be very true. But how do we sort of square that circle in regards to addressing some of these generational challenges at the same time, the fiscal challenges still being there as well? Yeah, you've, you've asked a, a challenging question there. The generational bit, um, it's it's very, very difficult to say. I, I don't have any any good answer for you mm-hmm. but the the fiscal the the fiscal part is is going to be a challenge i i will say when you go through this budget one thing that is evident is that the, the spending pressures are in large part being driven by population growth mm-hmm. so this is this is the challenge that the government faces the rapid population growth and if you if you look at the line items in the budget where you see big spending lifts you see it in healthcare, very large four billion dollars more uh, you see it in education. So where there's these counts of individuals and, uh, and service delivery, that is where a lot of the additional spending has been directed. So in that sense, uh, the government is challenged because it just has this massive population growth to deal with. At the same time, we need to pay more attention to the economic growth expanding the tax base side, and there's less attention being paid to that. Ken, as always, thank you for your time. Thank you, Jess.